0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of The Wayward Dragons. Uh, We're going to have, I think it's going to be a four or five-part series uh, for spiritualism and the spiritualism movement. Uh, We've got just a couple quick things to kind of fill you guys in before we go too deep into this, but this episode we're going to be talking about what the spiritual movement is how it started who the fox sisters are and we're gonna do a little tarot reading at the end of the episode
1: yeah yeah we've um Uh, we have decided to kind of switch up how we do our um full-length episodes now so um the book review part that we used to do in the beginning of the episodes are kind of kind of be their own standalone episodes um so those who are not readers you don't have to kind of go through our chit chat of us doing book reviews um, so you can kind of, this will now be just like the meat and potatoes type thing of the episodes and to kind of get into more of a wayward thing, um, we're going to kind of do tarot card readings at the end. We're both going to pull a card and see how they relate to each other and see what they give us for the next upcoming weeks in between the episodes.
0: Yeah.
1: So Yeah. And by the way, found a Nightmare Before Christmas tarot card deck. Uh,
0: Of course you
1: did. (laughs) It'll be here in like two weeks. But yeah, totally did. I have to use an app because I don't have a deck.
0: I was going to say, for those of you who are new, (laughs) you have two uh, hosts here. Yes. Uh, I'm Johnny. And I'm Kelsey. And (laughs) we are just two nerdy friends that'll be going through some spooky shit while you listen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Content warning. We do swear a bit. Or at least I do. Yeah. Uh, I cuss like because... a sailor. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to quote Chris Rock, if you ever meet a man who ne- says he's never said the word shit, he's full of shit.
1: That's very true statement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a true statement. <laughs> So for this episode, we're going to be talking about this we're going to be talking about the spiritualist movement, kind of the beginning of this. Um, if you would like a book to read about the spiritualist movement, um, and a lot of the information from my online sources got this their information from this book, and I'm actually currently reading this book. Um, it's called Talking to the Dead, Mac, uh, Kate and Maggie Fox in the Rise of Spiritualism by Barbara. Wisberg, because the spiritualist movement has a lot of undercurrents that a lot of people don't I don't think people realize Um, there's a lot of undercurrent movements that kind of get trapped in with the spiritualist movement um, like suffrage um, and a lot of slavery things are kind of of roped into the spiritualist movement um, and kind of becoming a big voice for women in general is what this is a lot of
0: the spiritualist movement it also triggered a lot of like it because of the time it happened yeah. but it also triggered a lot of events that happened after that yeah and caused a number of weird interesting some good some not so much things through history or they helped contribute to it
1: but that's, this has been the one book that I have found that like all like my Wikipedia and like the Smithsonian article that I found and a couple others they all talk about this book so I did get it from the library. I did, fi- I did not find like a library audio version. I've not checked audible to see um, but yeah so first point we're going to get after is what was the movement exactly and what it what all did they believe and this is actually something that i did not know is like their points um so spiritualist movement when talking about it back in that time so you're thinking mid to late 1800s till you know maybe the early 1900s um if you're gonna talk about the spiritualist movement the that first s had to be capitalized (laughs) because if the the letter's not capitalized, you're not talking about the actual movement itself. Um, But they thought that the afterlife or the spiritual world in general was not like a static place, kind of like a purgatory type thing, but it was um, a place that spirits could continue to evolve. um, Which we'll talk about a little bit more in in a minute. Um, Because there was the belief that the spirits when they went into the spirit world, they got smarter over time Um, and they evolved. The longer they spent there, the more they evolved type thing. Um, But it became known as a social religious movement according to which the laws of nature and God include, quote, the continuity of consciousness after the transition of death. And that's, that's a lot of things that I saw in my sources like with, um, um, when I was doing the episodes on Victorian death, was in order for people to communicate with their dad, it, it was always to transition into death. The wording was so weird with that. Um, and quote, the possibility of communication with those living on earth and those who have made the transition.
0: Well, because the reason being is, uh, and I don't know if we're going to get into this here or a different episode. But the reason being is the thought that, you know, uh, the energy from the individual or the soul from the individual moves from one state to another. So they're moving from the physical state transitioning into the spiritual state or the energetic state from where, you know, all things exist. Yeah. Um,
1: but those two beliefs, that contact with spirits, was actually possible. And that spirits were more advanced than humans um led the third belief that spirits are capable of providing useful insight regarding um, moral and ethical issues as well as about the nature of god um we get into a little bit this of with the fox sisters and kind of because of how they kind of became the catalyst for seances and a lot of the questions that happened in seances um is honestly, thanks to their mom. Um, and some say Emmanuel S- S- Swedenborg? I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, they say that he is the father of... S- I, I'm going to have to get phonetics for stuff. Like <laughs> like like how Facebook has it where you can like phonetically put your name. I'm just going to have to like look up the phonetics. As, as,
0: as I said when we recorded our book review episode, which will be coming out... Next week. Yes. uh, Some people just have names that are too freaking hard to pronounce. They
1: are. Um, But he's best known for his book on the afterlife called The Heaven and Hell, and that was published in 1758. Um, His beliefs, along with another um, Dr. Etten Mesmer, we'll talk about Etten Mesmer here in a minute, um, but they're kind of the two people that kind of very much... They say they're kind of like the founding fathers of spiritualism. Um, we also are going to talk about one of the founding women in the next episode, Helena Blaski, so, and how she founded the society, so that's for another time. Um,
0: Blavatsky is a very interesting individual, and... Yes. Yeah, there's... Yeah, that's... We'll go into that next episode, yep. as you said, because that's, uh... <laughs> That's a fun one.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, I felt like she definitely deserved her all, a whole episode all to herself because there's no way that you can sum her in the society that she created in like ten minutes. There's no way. So I don't think
0: we're gonna be able to do her in an episode. To be completely really honest, she is a very interesting and yeah. in-depth individual.
1: Yeah. We'll see how far. Because like the book I got from the library, I shit you not, is like two inches. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I have read several of her books and it, it's a trip.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah, but this is like a biography by like a third party. It's not something that she has written herself. I wanted like an unbiased type
0: view mm-hmm. on
1: her. But back to the um, spiritualist movement. So when did this actually start and where did it take place? Um, and I actually have a book. Another book I'm going to read is called Lilydale, The um, Place of the Dead, because a lot of this started around Lilydale, New York. Um, mm-hmm. So many people believe that the start of the spiritualist movement here in the U.S. was March 31st, 1848. Um, that is actually the first day that the Fox sisters are recorded as communicating with the spirit that was in their house. Um, so... The movement itself began um, in upper state New York in the burned over district Um, this is where you see Millerism and Mormonism also emerged from the same place
0: and like a bunch of other small fringe sects of Christianity and cults and yeah all sorts of other fun stuff
1: well in the one thing I've also seen in talking to the dead is there's a huge emphasis on their parents being Methodist like huge Um, because at the time Methodist Christianity was kind of a new sect of Christianity but that's like a huge emphasis in the book is their parents being Methodist like we gotta make that known and it's like who cares but okay (laughs) I don't know why this is so important but okay Um, so the Civil War actually plays a lot into the spiritualist movement and the victorian death movement because the victorian death movement and the spiritualist movement kind of run side by side to a degree kind of for a little bit um so the civil war was here in the u.s about slavery obviously the north one um so with the civil war there were hundreds and thousands of men that never made it home again just like with any war Um, And more and more people turned to spiritualism, specifically mediums and seances, um, and hoping to get proof that their loved one who had died tragically was at peace. Um, So by the end of the Civil War, there was 11 million people worshipping spiritualism, and there were 35,000 practicing mediums. That's a lot. Um, And There was kind of a draw to this movement because because these young men were dying, they were robbed of what they saw as the good death. You know, you had your funeral, your family was able to mourn you properly and stuff like that. You know, everything that this Victorian death provided, they they weren't able to do. So they were robbed of it. So there's this huge mourn move towards spiritualism so that they could talk to their loved one because they were never able to grieve properly um in the victorian death episodes that i do i do a part one and i do a part two those are episodes 20 and 21 if you kind of want to know a little bit more about how they changed our whole death industry because um, that, that was actually a very interesting like research to do all that um But you also see the rise of embalming because they have to get these soldiers home. Um, and same thing, Abe Lincoln kind of kicked off that train too, um, with that.
0: Well, and, you know, Mary Todd Lincoln was also huge into the spiritualist movement.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've got, yeah, one episode in this series dedicated to, like, famous people that were involved in this because, um, sir Conan doyle has like a um, he had a what was called a ghost club in honor of his son that um, tragically died in world war one so we'll talk about him and mary todd lincoln and all that because mary todd lincoln was a very uh, pin in this she brought a lot of forefront to it of like this is normal you know the first lady is going to seances and stuff like that to contact her um, son so it she put a lot of normalcy in it too um but Abe Lincoln brought embalming kind of the forefront you know with him traveling in a train um and stuff and like I said before Anton Messer this was a this was a weird trip I went down um so he was from he lived late 1700s to early 1800s um They kind of call him the father of hypnosis, um, depending on which story, newspaper article you read. Um, But he established a theory of illness that involved (laughs) internal magneticism that he called animal magneticism. Because you also see weird spiritual healings start to happen, and not like your normal like Reiki... In stuff like that, stuff that's kind of been around for a minute, you start to see some weird stuff that happens. In um, basically, he would sit like knee to knee with these people, and he would—they would either like he would put his hands on their knees, and he was basically realigning their electromagnetic field within their body. I'm not sure that holding someone's knees is gonna solve that, but whatever. Um, I mean,
0: you give me twenty bucks and some uh, jumper cables, <laughs> and I'll do the same thing for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. oh, I just got a weird visual. Um,
0: <laughs> did it? Where did it involve hooking the jumper cables to, or do I want to know
1: somebody's nipples?
0: Okay, that's what I thought.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry. Um, but basically, do you watch too much True Crime. Well, I do. I do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That just seems the most logical spot. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, so him and the, whoever his patient was at the time, um, he would hold their, like either their shoulders or their leg, their knees, or like sometimes the bottom of their diaphragm. So like the bottom of their rib cage. Um, and they would literally sit there for, for hours. Um, And sometimes you'd have like a weird sensation or sometimes they would like convulse and then they'd be done. And then he'd play glass harmonica for you. Um, I do think it's interesting that in, um, 1784, King Louis XVI, if I have that Roman numeral right, um, started an investigation actually into Anton um, because he thought that he discovered a new fluid in the body, um, but they found that it only worked if the patient also believed in the magneticism too. Um, if you didn't believe in it, then nothing really happened, which is why I um, thought that was kind of interesting to include him also because it um, it starts the whole weird um, cult-like healing, spiritual healing stuff that. You kind of still see today, and how did it give women a voice? Um, so, spiritualism basically rebelled against traditional religious authority, and it emphasized on a radical individualism. So, this individualism outlook meant that spiritualism was a sole religion of its time that saw women as equals. So, like we've said before, this is a time where women didn't have a lot of rights. You know, we were basically fighting for the right to vote around this time. So, you know, we were kind of seen as a second class person. Um, So spiritualism was the only way for women to be able to allow, to be able to speak out in public. Um, And a lot of female mediums, because they did have this voice, this platform, um, they used it to campaign for a lot of, for a lot of things like, um, you know, suffrage, equal rights, the um, um, ending of slavery. Um, and all that that came with it but they claimed they claimed this came from this the spiritual realm and it goes back to their ideas of like humans your spirit evolves the longer that you're in the spiritual realm so they would hold these seances and like say that these ideas are coming from the other side type thing um, so I thought that was kind of interesting um but around this time, ironically, you get the first woman that runs for president. Um, and she was a female spiritualist. Her name is Victoria Woodhull. Um, they called her Mrs. Satan in the press for her belief in spiritualism, um, suffrage, and a free
0: love. Well, because as we know, <laughs> the popular Christian... You know belief system is against love and mm-hmm.
1: yeah I was like really I read that and giggled I'm a little to yeah. myself
0: yeah
1: cuz it just blows my mind when I read these things and do this research of the thought process that people had it blows my mind And it I'll briefly talk about one of the books that I read Um, because this whole idea and kind of evolution of your spirit um, heart of evil that I read the ghost in that they kind of he kind of talks about how because it's a civil war ghost but he talks about how watching everything and he's had to evolve his thinking so I thought that was kind of cool as I was doing this research Um, but yeah so that's kind of where it came from basically basic gist of the spiritualist movement. There's a lot of moving parts in the spiritualist movement. A lot of sp- moving parts. Um, but that's like your clip notes version. Um, so now we're gonna talk about the Fox sisters. Um, for those of you who don't know who the Fox sisters, it was three sisters. Um, so you had Leah, who was the oldest. Um, you had Margaret, or Marguerite. also called maggie and then Catherine, who will be known as kate um they were three of six children um they lived in hydesville new york um in the early 1848 their dad was actually in the process of building them a huge home when this was happening um but unfortunately hydesville does no longer exist on maps um you look at a map nowadays it's kind of in alberta county um, outside of excuse me um newark new york um at the time that this started kate was 11 and maggie was 13 um the house that they lived in already had a reputation of being haunted um but because they were experiencing rappings and kind of noises leading up to this night um March 31st 1848 because um, one of the girls actually talked to the neighbor that's how the neighbor gets involved in this um but she goes to the neighbor and kind of tells her days leading up to this of like what's been happening um because the family hasn't had a lot of sleep and stuff like that because of this noise um and stuff um but it all came to a head on the night of March 31st, 1848, um, Kate starts to challenge the invisible noisemaker, as it gets called a lot. She um, repeats the snap of her fingers, um, and the Kate did the spirit did that, um, and then the spirit was asked to wrap out the ages of each of the children. Again, the spirit did that as well. Um, they eventually come up with a yes or no code. You know, two means yes, one means no type thing. Or one means yes, nothing means no. Um, but there was a, th- there's a theory that floats around, especially in the book. Um, talking to the dead. That this is an April Fool's prank that just went way too far. This night. Because it's April Fool's Eve. It's the day before April Fool's Eve. Um But eventually they start to call the, um spirit Mr splitfoot which is at the time another name for the devil um, mm-hmm. they eventually um changed the name of the spirit to Charles B Rinoza. Um the girls claim that it was a spirit he was murdered um, in the basement or in then buried in the cellar however um at, there's no missing person's report of someone by that name um and according to the piece that sir arthur arthur conan doyle wrote on the girls the neighbor dug up the basement cellar and did find small bones um and i'll talk about this later on it's revealed in like 1904 that the bones were like random bones held together by chicken wire (laughs) And you can actually find them in the Lilydale Museum there. Um, But after this happens, the two girls are kind of separated. Um, Kate is sent to live with her sister, Leah, um, who is just newly married. Maggie goes to live with her brother, David. Um, I will note this. They're not split up and they do not go very far. That's the one thing they talk about in the book. They all live within like a thirty-mile radius of each other, with Leah being the farthest person. The reason why they moved to Hydesville is David already had a farm there, and they will literally be down the street from David. Because um, in the book, they talk about how they're very close knit; they're a very close knit family, which is kind of expected at the time. Um, but wherever they went, the wrappings followed them. Um, if you're not sure what the wrappings mean, it's literally just like knocking on walls. Um, but after they're split up, they eventually are taken in by family members, um, Amy and Isaac Post. Um, they are huge, they're a huge radical Quaker couple. Um, and this is kind of where the spiritualist movement kind of gets the undercurrent of political movements in it. Um, because of everything that the two of them were involved in, um, because they're kind of the key people in getting the girls up off the ground. Um, But they both believe that the girls have real powers, um, and Amy starts spreading the word at their Quaker church and stuff like that of the girls' power and stuff like that um, among their friends. Um, And then the following year in November... 1849 um, the sisters actually hold their first public seance in Corinthian Hall in Rochester Um, this is the first public seance that someone is physically paying for a seance Um, and this is where their sister starts to become their manager Um, because the girls hold other seances not too far from that hall, they hold them in the hotel of a um that's not too far from the hall and do the um, admission was a dollar to get in. Um, and they would hold seances up to three times a day. Um, for that's a, a lot of
0: money back then,
1: I know a dollar. Um, for 30 people, and they would sit in this kind of hotel lobby. Um, and they have a lot of famous people that kind of go into the seances um politician horace geely really um he's kind of a mover and shaker at the time he becomes like a protector to them but he also gets them into the right social circles um but basically what they do is they travel the, the whole u.s and they kind of do a lot of seances and stuff like that they kind of become the poster children for the seance for the seance part of the spiritualist movement and the whole medium movement that kind of happens out of them, because they're kind of called the, you know, the, the mothers of this whole movement. The whole movement started with your talking to the dead. So yeah. So now we're gonna get to their undoing because it's, it's a very messy process. It's a very dun,
0: dun, dun Very
1: messy situation. Um, so basically from the get-go, there's a theory that the wrappings that they're making are their toes cracking. And I, I even heard this before I even started this research, that that's what they were doing, was that they were cracking their toes. Um, you know, there's a physician, E.P. Longsworth, he investigates the sisters and finds the same thing that the sound really only comes from the bottom of their feet or if their foot is up against a table Um, John W. Hearn he publishes articles in the New York Tribune about the girls being fake that they are basically cracking their joints, their toes specifically and it's always their toes every single time I see it's always their toes cracking which to me sounds extremely painful um in 1950- well, I
0: mean, some people can just crack stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: But I mean, even to the vault. My issues is the volume of the cracking. That's. Is what leaves skepticism to me. Yeah. On that. Because, I mean, it was supposedly extremely loud. Yeah. And, I mean, I can crack all sorts of parts of my body. And while sometimes they are loud, other times it's not. Yeah. And I can I have certain parts of my body that I can crack repeatedly.
1: But not to that As I'm like cracking stuff. <laughs> and, and I stretching. can't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when I need to do editing. But, but like that's that's my hang up is you know, they're in these huge you know, hotel lobbies and halls and these people can hear this and I'm like there's no way that that is your toe cracking. Like, there, you need to go get checked out if that's, like, as loud as your toe is cracking. Like, I feel like you're breaking your foot. Honest to God.
0: Yeah.
1: Honest to God. Um, but John W. Hearn, he publishes an article in the New York Tribune basically saying the same thing. Um, in 1851, Reverend C. Charnes? Burr? He wrote another article in the Tribune, um, that the cracks could easily be heard throughout the hall. Um, they also get investigators on um, Austin Flint, Charles E. Less, and C.B. Covertly, Covertree, um, from the University of Buffalo to investigate the girls. Um, and they concluded that they were in fact producing the wrapping by cracking their joints. um because they did a control and they put cushions under the girls' feet and they found that they could not produce the, the rapping sounds. Um, they were also investigated by a lot of people that claimed them to also be real. I'm just kind of putting there and doing because I want to say they're, they are investigated by Harry Houdini at some point, but I couldn't find that. I want to say that happens.
0: They are um, Houdini... And we can get into that in a later episode. But Houdini did a lot of research into different people yeah. for, you know, possible scams. And he he misproved a number of them. There were a few, though, that he could technically not fully misprove.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. we do talk about Houdini in, like, three or four of this series. I think that he's a good person to talk about when it comes to defrauding because that's kind of what he did. Um, besides being a master illusionist and escape artist. Um But there's an investigation that went... Um, that Charles Gaffton Page did in um, 1853. He also was known for exposing people as frauds. Um, they basically came to the same conclusion that these girls were making the noises under their dresses. You also have to think, these dresses at these times were massive. 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 Um, so... It could could be done. Um, In the book, they do talk about um, how the girls, um, after the first night in um, Hydesville, New York, um, the girls were um, disrobed in a private room to prove that they didn't have anything on their body that could help them produce this sound. In 1857, the Boston Carrier... Um, And this happens a lot um, with people, but they set up a prize of $500 to any medium that could demonstrate the paranormal ability to their community. Obviously the Fox sisters went out to try to prove that they could in fact talk to the dead. Um, But of course they were found to do the same thing, that they were a fraud and they were using their feet um, to make the sounds. I wanna say there's something like this still around from a school somewhere. Or maybe it's like a radio station. I
0: have no idea. I
1: don't remember. Um, But their final undoing. So in 1851, this is where all the mess begins. Um, Norman, Miss Norman Culver, um, she admitted admitted in a signed statement that she helped the sisters during their seances by lightly touching them to let them know when the wrapping should happen. Um, She also claimed that they... Divulged to her that the wrappings were made with their toes. Um, the snapping was made by their toes and sometimes their knees and ankles. Um later in eighteen eighty eight, um Kat, Kate and Maggie developed um serious drinking problems, and this is kind of where a lot of the undoing starts to happen. Um they got into a major fight. Um, the sisters did along with a lot of the other spiritualist leaders at the time, as they were very concerned about their drinking. Um, the both of them are heavily drinking. Um, and because of they were heavily drinking, Kate could not properly take care of their children. Um, and Maggie was also thinking about going back to Catholicism because she thought her powers were actually diabolical um, and evil. Um, and then later on in the same year, um, in 1888, Uh, Maggie travels to New York where a reporter offers her $1,500, which is a lot of money at the time, to um, expose their methods to him and give him an exclusive. Um, Maggie appeared at the New York Academy of Music with her sister, Kate, um, and before an audience of 2000 she showed how they did it. Um, And the doctors in the audience concluded that they were, in fact, cracking their toe joints. Um... Maggie then gave a signed confession to the press that was later published in the New York world in October of that year. Um, she explained, she even explains everything that happened in high when they were kids. Um, but by the end of November of 1889, Maggie recants her confession, um, due to just the pressure of the people in the spiritualist movement in general, um, and her own financial problems and woes, um, Because, yes, these girls did make a lot of money during the time that they were mediums, but they did, in fact, die pretty poor and in poverty. Um, A lot of the two sisters both had a horrible drinking problem. Um, You know, Maggie died basically of alcoholism and stuff like that. Um, So, yeah. And, I mean, Leah, I think, marries, like, three or four times. Um, You know, they don't really have rocky relationships and stuff like that. Like, the whole story of those girls is absolutely... um, because they become like child stars in a way. Um, and their sister is a horrible manager to them. But yeah, that is the Fox sisters. And then
0: sisters. they end up, yeah, separating.
1: From oh, yeah. All sorts of. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, if anybody wants to know more about the Fox sisters, highly recommend recommend the book Talking to the Dead um, by Barbara Weisberg. Um, like I said before every online source I found at the bottom they quoted this book a lot so I kind of thought well if they're quoting it then I can read it too and it probably has a lot more information in it mm-hmm. but, but yeah so that is part one in our five to six part series on the spiritualist movement we kick it off with kind of understanding what the movement was about in general um and then the uh, first key linchpin the fox sisters um because i i think a lot of people kind of saw um when we went into lockdown especially here in the u.s um kind of a resurgence of kind of the same thing a lot of spiritualist things popping up on your facebook feeds your instagram feeds and then it became heavy over at tiktok um where witch talk became a very popular thing, just like everything else, a lot of misinformation was spread. It's then and now, um, especially especially over in that witch talk, there's a lot of a lot of misinformation over there. Um,
0: yep.
1: But yeah, that is the beginning of the spiritualist movement. Um, in the next episode, we will be talking about Helena. Well, Blavatsky.
0: Blavatsky. Um, Blavatsky.
1: What, yeah. That, that lovely woman, she might become two episodes, depending on how far my research goes. (laughs) She's an amazing woman. She's the reason why we have a lot of things. Um, the society that she did create is still in existence to this day. Um, they do some... She's the
0: reason why we have the term Aryan. Mm -hmm. Because before her, Aryan was not a term. Uh influenced, like I said, a lot of positive and negative things. Yes. Uh, The most negative being, you know, things involving the Nazi party.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be talking about some triggering things in the next episode. (laughs) But it can be triggering, but unfortunately it is history, and we do have to talk about it. So, with that being said, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as the wayward dragons. Um, I do post pictures along with the episodes, um, to kind of give you a, a focal point and kind of let you know when the new episode is out. Um, we do have a YouTube channel called the wayward dragons. I do post unboxing videos, um, alongside, um, cause I no longer share what I get in, in the boxes. I just post to YouTube so that you can see it. Um, and then, if you have a book recommendation, a spooky story, um, or a topic that you think that we should cover that we haven't talked about yet, or a key player in the spiritualist movement that you think we should talk about, um, you can email us at thewaywarddragons at gmail.com. So yeah, until next time. I'm Johnny. And I'm Kelsey. Bye.
0: Bye!